Footy Frothies, April the 20th, 2021. Outdoor on the uh, on the deck. I've got mosquito coals in my face. I've got uh, <laughs> Barney next to me on the lounge. Ollie's here. Producer Mrs. Ollie's here. All happening as we get into Footy and Frothies, looking back on round six. Uh, how's the week been for you? We'll go with Ollie the Oracle first. How's your week been, Ollie? Uh, look, it's been all right, but I feel like you're selling us all short here. It's the fearless leader, Daggy, a man who I'd follow blindly into battle, the statistician supreme, Barney, a man who knows everything, and Ollie the Oracle, someone who maybe thinks he knows everything, but not quite. What he said. All right. You, <laughs> Very nice. You can intro next week. <laughs> I'm not following Daggy. Good job. No, that's fine. Oh, yeah, I lead from behind anyway. Um... They, yeah, how was your week? Rough week for the Titans. Mm. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Statistician Supreme, Barney, who knows everything. No. What does he know? A lot of rubbish. Oh, okay. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, pretty standard week. Just going through the motions as we do most of the time, I think. Yeah. So, but no, it hasn't been bad, so that's a start. Uh, it's been a big week of news. Shall we kick off with, let's start with the judiciary stuff. It seems to be the most, what's yeah. on everyone's lips. Quick run through of what we've copped. So the early stuff. Hetherington caught five games for his high shot. Um, probably fair enough. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Tino, two games for his shoulder. Uh, Aiden Tolman got a match for a crusher mm-hmm. in the Canterbury, yeah, the Cronulla game, I should say. Yep. So then the big judiciary news. Radley was downgraded for, for his and his cop to fine is now free to play on Sunday. Momorowski was found guilty and copped the three-game suspension, and Luttrell copped four games, found guilty of his couple of striking charges. Did you have an issue with any of them? I will. Obviously, the points and loading are all there for for a reason. Um, the the Mitchell one probably could have been downgraded. I thought maybe um, it was just more of a, a stupid act rather than him intentionally trying to belt Nuffaluma or anything mm. like that. But, yeah, he gets what he gets. I, I don't really have an issue. Um, Bradley one, I thought he probably deserved at least a week. Yeah, I, I thought so. I don't know how he gets off completely scot-free with that one. Is he, he wouldn't be that clean, I don't think, either. Would he? No, I don't think he is. Yeah, so I have to agree with the Radley one, but with the Latrell one, the, the thing that gets me is not the hit on Nofaluma, but the one on Luke Garner. Now, but he only got a fine for that. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. We, we talk about how the head is sacred these days and no contact with the head. I know he just nicked him and didn't actually really get him, but he intended to harm someone's head. Like, he intentionally kicked out. He knew he was there because he was grabbing onto his leg, and I know he was just trying to shake him off, but he kicked out. And he if he's whacked him, his leg out. Yeah, let's yeah. just say he whacks him fair in the head and Garner gets a concussion. Well, what then? Like, yeah. and, and that's technically intent, and that's the worst thing, I guess, is intentionally hitting someone in the head uh, these days. So I agree with that in that yeah. if he connects full on, and there's stud marks, you know, Jeff Tuvey style down his face, then does he get eight weeks or does he still get, like... He'd have to get and how can you be certain he was trying to hit him in the head? Like, he had the shits and he wanted yeah. wanted him to let go of his foot, but and he still, was trying it, to push it, him I away know, with his foot. <laughs> if he turned around and looked at him and then, you know, struck at his head, yeah, fair enough, but I think that's probably the only reason they didn't go as hard as they could have with that. I, um, that end of the day, he contested he could have taken an early plea, then it went for a downgrade. Got and three got, uh, I think they could have got down to two. Okay. Um, so with an early plea, then appeal for a downgrade sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he went, he rolled the dice and failed. I, I, 
don't necessarily have an issue with it. Um, I everyone's saying he had no intent in the no faluma thing. I know he didn't hit him hard, but I thought there was as much intent in that uh, over hanging. I know it's, it's not quite a hanging clothesline, but he left his arm out there. Indeed. If yeah. if you're chasing me and I'm not putting my arm out like that, um, I would suggest I would have intent if I was. I should say. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's my look at it. I, 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 I understand the complaints about the consistency in that. Um, I don't see a problem with the Latrell thing where it's ended up, but I understand when Kofusi, you could argue, had more intent and got two weeks and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I get loading comes in or I get um, all that stuff sort of comes into it, but I think the consistency is a bigger issue, but then I also don't have an answer to it. So um, I don't know if we can talk much more about it. It's been covered at nauseam in most of the local media, the mainstream media, so... Much more to add? No, not from me. Interesting one now, actually, interesting point though is Jack Hetherington. He now has so much loading that basically he's almost already um, a liability to teams. Yeah, unaffordable. I think Paul Kent was talking about it last night on NRL 360. Adrian Morley, by the end of his career, like he was pretty much untouchable for clubs to sign or re-sign because he was pretty much guaranteed. Like, even if it was a careless high tackle, he'd be gone for for weeks. Possibly two or three weeks. So that's the way Harrington's heading now. I think it's six charges in 29 NRL games, which is just crazy. We mentioned it when they signed him last year. You knew you are getting it. And and the hope was he could put some some consistency in his game. It had happened, but then it also, I think, it actually took out of his game. I think the best two games he's played was the last two weeks. When he got a bit angry. Up yeah. until then. but um, That was a pretty bad shot, though. It was a bad shot. And as we said, five games, we've, we've sort of accepted that, and uh, obviously he has as well. Uh, injuries are the next big concern. Uh, Pappenhausen's now apparently in a sling, so they're believing it could be two to four weeks. Uh, Brenko Lee was came back in Queensland Cup and injured himself again, so he's out for another couple of weeks, they're saying. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, okay. Mansour, they're saying four weeks. Simonson, uh, Villami, and uh, who's the other Canterbury player that's not Hodgson? Canberra. Uh, Canberra player, so, Williams. Oh, Cam- uh, two weeks. Uh, Hodgson, three weeks, they're saying, from a training mishap. That's Apparently he was running back from tackling a tackling bag and did he, what, did he do his ankle or something? Seems like, fishy it, to me. He was yeah, running back from making a tackle. Yeah. So, okay. uh, to Pine for Canterbury, two weeks. Madison, uh, they're saying should be okay, but they've named him in New South Wales Cup, so they're going to try and get 80 yeah. minutes out of him there, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at this stage, so the major injuries, uh, given... Both the suspensions and injuries, probably plenty of Supercoach chat to talk about, but I figured we can save that to the preview where we normally keep it. Yep. We had a few questions come in, so we'll save them what we might do and how you might approach. I think both of us have been heavily affected, or you may be less than me. Not too much. Mitchell, uh, Mitchell hurts. That. Yeah, but. so uh, we can have a chat about that and what, what Pappy owners might do. Um Retirement of Trent Merrin today after yeah. 250 games, 13 origins, 7 tests. Any Trent Merrin at Reflections Barn? Yeah, well, obviously the bloke's, um, yeah, he's, he's had yeah, one or two half-decent games this year, but he's always he's been that step behind and he's just realised that it's probably better to go I out. I think he literally said that, didn't as he? A, yeah, he did. Yeah. It's uh, better to go out as a first grader, I suppose, than yeah. getting pushed back down into uh, reserve grade. Um Merrin's always been a really good back rower. Um, Australian a, international. There was a time yeah. there for about five years where he was in the top, he would have been in the top five back rowers running around in the comp. Um, I've always had a lot of time for Trent Merrin. He's, 
a very skillful ball player on top of being a, a tough middle forward and he, he's never shirked his job. I've yeah, I've always really enjoyed watching Trent Merrin play. Yeah, and huge respect to him because, you know, he admitted he's pretty much fallen out of love with playing the game and many players would still just play and not put in 100% effort just to get that paycheck. But, you know, he's come out and he said, I've fallen out of love with the game. It's not fair for me to keep playing anymore because he's not going to be putting out his best effort. So I think good on him. And, um, yeah, I I got to see a lot of him uh, go on a Penrith games when he was playing there and he was always one of their better players, I'd say. Um, Didn't have the best time at the Leeds Rhinos. um, Ended up back at the Dragons where he didn't do too much, but... Um, that roster for a little bit there, especially with you, James Grahams and Tyson Frizzell still there, it was pretty hard to crack that four pack. But yeah, always been at least a solid player. And I'd say probably um, his first couple of years at Penrith, maybe the last couple of years at the Dragons were his peak. Yeah, well, they were building that team around him at the last couple of years when he was in that Dragons team. He was yeah. um, he was one of their pivotal players there for a good couple of years. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. By the time it, it, he's walked at the right time, I think we, 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 like as you've touched on, I think you've both summed up it pretty well. Uh, at his best, games. he was rightfully one of the first pick for New South Wales, and yeah. uh, as you said, probably from his Leeds time onwards, he had just been there and thereabouts. And wish him all the best from all reports. He's a decent bloke, and um, good luck to him. Some signing news. Uh, oh, last bit of news. Origin was confirmed to be going to Perth in 2022. So I assume that would mean a five o'clock kickoff in Perth or a, something like that yeah. over there. I think it would be yeah. six o'clock by By, by the middle time. of winter, yeah. Yeah, so that would be all okay. right, I suppose. Um, whatever that means. And signing news. So Will Chambers has come to the Sharks with immediate effect. Is that right? Yep. Straight away. He's there. Um He's on the Thoughts? extended bench at the moment. Um, you know, if he's if he comes back as um, close to where he left, it, it should be a pretty good signing, I would imagine. Mm. Uh, Sharks have, do lack a little bit of depth in their centres, and um, yeah, it should be a decent pickup. At his best, he was brilliant. Yeah. So, but uh, as a, I, n- I never, um, I always had an issue with him <laughs> and the way he played his football, especially considering he didn't play for my team. But yeah. it'll, be in- it'll be interesting trying to cheer him if he does make a break in the Sharks' colours. But I'm pretty sure three weeks into him playing for you, be right. Yeah, yeah. I had the same sort of issue with Ennis, and I ended up loving him by the time he left. Yeah. So. <laughs> I-, I think he was all right for Cronulla. <laughs> yeah. Ollie, any thoughts on the Will Chambers signing? How he might fit in there? Obviously, as a centre, but uh, yeah, well, does he play wing? Uh, well, no, they say he plays. Are going to push Ramey out? Yeah, well, with Molotalo also get pushed out, I would imagine. Yeah, is Molotalo still out? I believe. Well, he had a, a he nagging injury, moment, so yeah. that'd be good cover there. And obviously, experience off the pitch is invaluable, and I think that's where you'll get the biggest impact from the Will Chambers signing, especially with a sort of young back line coming through with your Molotalos and your Katolas and that, he'll help them out a bunch. Yeah. Uh, West Tigers confirmed two-year signing of Jackson Hastings, last year's Man of Steel. Um, He left, I guess, not on the greatest terms from Manly and went overseas. Uh, Thoughts on Jackson Hastings? Well, he always looked like a pretty promising up-and-comer. He obviously had his issues with Manly. Um, I haven't followed him a great deal since he's left. You would have seen more of him, Molly. Has he obviously Man of Steel's a fair rep, but has he stacked up over there? Well, as you guys know, I'm a Super League fan and a proponent, and I always like to defend Super League. And I don't mean this is disrespectful to the league, but he's way too good. To, to be there. He's an NRL player and I've always maintained the fact that if you can win the Man of Steel over in England, you're at least a solid passable 
NRL player if you're the best of the best over there because there is some really good talent and some of them just never come over because they want to keep playing in England and that's fine. Was Luke so Thompson a man of steel? Or was he? He yeah, won the he, was, he won their Clive Churchill Medal equivalent. Okay. Um, well, first, you said some yeah, yeah. decorated in some way. Uh, obviously, Pat Richards won it and came yeah. back and did good things for the Jacob club. So. Won it and came back. Yeah, so yeah, good raps. Uh, I believe the plan is to play him as essentially a Connor Watson type in as a lock. I don't. And and they they we'll talk about it in the review, but I thought they had some success playing Mumbai there on Saturday night. Um, just as a third ball player, it seems to be the way he's go, the way the cl- uh, everyone's going with um, Watson and Peachy and those sort of players. It's just the way I've seen him play over there in the halves and control games. He's he's better than Luke Brooks in no, my opinion, no. just from what I've seen. I, I so. would dare say. <laughs> but he so, might he might well start with number seven. Well, he's he, back too. So the, the thing yeah. is, if at some point through the year, which they may do now that they've signed Hastings, put it this way: if a team comes along and says we'll take Brooks off you, if I'm the Tigers, I'm probably accepting that offer, and my halves partnership will be Hastings and Dewey going forward. Which I think you know Dewey as well has been great. Something you get behind, especially. So, yeah. Yeah, well, again, we'll get to it later, but especially with yeah. Simpkins' debut and the way Laurie's fitting in. And you've also got Jock Madden coming through and, yeah. as well. Uh, and finally, Chad Townsend's confirmed three years at the Cowboys now. Barney, I guess you're sad to see him go. Or? A little bit, yeah, to be honest. he's um he's been He came through as a junior and he spent some time there before going to the Warriors and coming back, but he's always been solid enough. Um, he's yep. had, obviously had a few question marks around his defence and at different times his creative play, but... He's been a very good little general for that side. He's got him around the field most weeks, put him in the right positions to I think he's probably close to playing his best footy at the moment. He would be. I'd say 2019 to this point. Without Johnson, given the other factors, like no Johnson, that sort of thing. Well, 2019, heading into that uh, Origin 3 when Nathan Cleary got injured, I know Pierce got picked and he was playing good footy, but I had a look because I I was really enjoying what I was seeing from Townsend. I thought, oh, maybe because he's not as big a name as Pierce, we're not hearing about him as much. Statistically, he was playing better than Mitchell Pierce during that purple patch. Mm -hmm. It's just he wasn't getting the same raps, probably because Cronulla as a whole were a better team than Newcastle. So I thought he was actually a bit unlucky to maybe not get that game three nod for Origin. So he has displayed in the past that he can play at that higher level. But as you said, Barney, he's at least that solid player, reliable player, at least in attack. He's going to bring stability to your team, which... North Queensland don't really have yeah, at the Yeah, his difference between his yeah. best and his worst is not a, a huge difference, to be honest. And you no. very rarely see a game where you, as <laughs> as we've alluded yeah. to, you just don't want him in your team. You know that's what I right. mean? Like, there's some few games where he'll miss tackles here and there, and obviously that's not what you want, especially on your own, own goal line. But I, I can't really remember myself ever going, oh, this bloke's rubbish, I don't want him in my team. Get yeah. rid of him. I'll get I, someone else in there. You know what I mean? I think so, that's fair enough. Well, yeah. in over 50 years, there's only one Cronulla Sutherland Sharks halfback to win a premiership with the club and <laughs> that right. team and he's getting paid less than some other halves who haven't been playing to that level and have never won a premiership so but yeah his game control yeah. is brilliant and um, obviously they're going to need someone who's got same the similar sort of level to come in and take yep. his spot and, and the offshoot of that is that they're saying they're going to have a crack at Dearden as well and that's how they want to roll forward I haven't heard uh, that's yep. more of a rumour than anything that's fish come out um so now he's gone there, where does it leave Reynolds and where does it leave potentially the other couple of halves that are perhaps looking around? Clifford going to Newcastle next year. Um, 
With Bruce. Mitchell Pearce only on one year. Apparently now Mitch Moses wants to test the market. Well, I've heard uh, Brisbane for, for Reynolds for Moses, and okay. it's not. Um, it, I've seen it sort of mentioned by Fox and stuff. Not heavy rumours that they've offered him a deal or anything, but apparently Brisbane is sniffing around. But if I'm honest, from what we've gotten from Moses over the past two years, you bring him in at Brisbane, what does he really change? Things sort of just stay the same from my point of view. He's better than a Croft, right? He's better than Milford. But it's no coincidence, he had his best game in probably two years the on the weekend. You <laughs> testing the market. Yeah. He, I um, I think he's better than. We haven't seen the best of Deedon yet. I think if if he's going to go there and it's going to be his club, I think he'll be better. He see. I also think it's no coincidence he had his best game without Dylan Brown outside him. Um, where there's smoke, uh, we we've said enough. Even just doing a show last two years, where there's smoke, there's fire, and if there's jungle drums about him, maybe at Brisbane, and he's exploring that. There's six well, or seven of them it. all looking like they're coming off contract at the end of this year, so there's going to be a yeah. it's going to well, be all, a merry-go-round and, and, somewhere. And, and the thing is, as to your point about uh, who's worth what and, and that sort of thing, there's this thing. It's like coaches in the day. Most pe- most clubs and most boards look at it and go, "Well, there's only sixteen halfbacks in the comp, and Parramatta keep finishing third and fourth. Well, they must be better than what yeah. we've got." Um, and and for us, people probably watch a game of different, yeah, through different eyes. We can argue those points. Well, just to add to Moses possibly going to Brisbane now, a lot of the talk has been uh, Reynolds will end up at Cronulla, but Andrew Voss came out on the radio this morning and said he's heard Reynolds will be at Parramatta next year, which is a bit of a, okay. hold on. Well, uh, Vossie obviously that, knows people. Well, that say, lines right. up two lots of musical chairs. Yeah, exactly. Does that then mean Cronulla firm for keeping Johnson? I assume it must. They'd be. have to. Yeah, and nothing. Johnson will probably be happy because all of a sudden... The the board's shown they let's say let's say reactive. He might all, all of a sudden find himself on an extra two hundred k because they'll be desperate to keep him. Yeah, quite possibly. Because yeah. <laughs> what's till now? Nine. He might be offered a meal to stay. And well, he's, I'm sure he'd be very happy to. Who do they partner with him? Because uh, Moylan, surely they don't re-sign Moylan. Oh, you think it'd be Trindle? Yeah, That's Connor Tracy. Can you play? Tra- Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. yeah. I think um, Tracy's reaching the point where he's got to be in that team or somewhere. Um. And yeah, if Johnson has to do some less running and a bit more game management, yeah. you could play someone like Tracy outside him at six. Yeah, and just let him run. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. So yeah, that could be if you read some tea leaves. Uh, and we don't generally like to do much too much speculation because plenty of other places do that. But maybe that's the way the rotations are heading. Oh, it's it's going to be <laughs> there will be, be some form of a, yeah. a musical weeks. chairs, as you've said. There, there has yeah. to be now that Townsend's gone to the Cowboys. That's going to set the wheels. Particularly in motion so many other free agents. Clubs yeah. going to get the end. Of the, clubs going to get to July and go. <laughs> Shit, we've got eighteen blokes off contract next year. We better actually see what's out there and yeah, yeah. Well, the Sharks will be, be looking now definitely straight away to either firm up Johnson or find somebody else yeah. or both. So but that's where I and mean, that's where I um. All of a sudden, Luke Brooks becomes a commodity that probably Tigers on through the money are happy don't, to let go. And don't say it. Well, he's not even to Cronulla, <laughs> but if there's three clubs desperate for halfbacks and you've got the man of steel coming I in, I tell suddenly you yeah. it, it's mutually beneficial for them to go, here you go, you can have Brooks, he will cover 300, you get him for seven. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, and he's been playing all right so far this yeah, year, yeah, but um, uh, no, uh, Corey Norman is off contract too, so Funny a club though. could... Pick him up. I, don't, I think he'll probably stay at. I would suggest if they go, point. if they keep going the way they're going, he'll end up staying. I think Hook could be happy to keep him for now. And 
Yeah, anyway, I suppose that's enough speculation. I don't think there's too much other news to really cover off. The PCTC rep for the week, Irish Tony's pulled to the top with 36 points. Uh, do you usually do this part, Barney? No, go for it, mate. No, uh, Flobs, this week. Invincible, Red Rock, Polar Bear have all, all tipped six. Um, yeah, nice. So they did well because I got three for the round. That was I got four, I think. Massive for me. Yeah. Um, so that leaves, in terms of footy <laughs> and frothy crew, Gaz and Kaz are 34 and 33 uh, leading the way. And uh, it's funny, given two weeks ago we were sort of lamenting the lopsidedness of the comp, there's upsets are coming now. Last two weeks, yeah. And uh, it's <laughs> pulled everyone sort of back into line. And Yeah, I think in hindsight... Maybe the key to overreaction, not overreacting yeah. after one week. Yeah, well, in hindsight, I think maybe we did jump the gun a little bit because you look at most seasons and the predictions you make at the start of the year are usually how the competition plays out for the first few weeks. And then we start to see... Um, some other teams coming to the fore and things changing a bit. Form look, I, an injury. Yeah, I, look, yeah. I, I don't think much will change. Like my, do you want to do your little thing now? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I figured every few weeks because obviously we've made changes to our ladders um, already, as you do throughout the season. So I thought we might just highlight a couple of points each um, for what we're changing. Um, so yeah, honestly, my top eight staying. The same at the moment, actually. You know what? I'll, I'll make I'll make one change to my top eight. I'd say the Warriors probably drop out due to Fanua Blake's um, injury, mm-hmm. and I'm going to chuck in the Sharks. I'm going to chuck yeah. in Cronulla. They did lose to the Cowboys in the end. wasn't by much, but yeah, I think to this point in the season, we've seen enough. Where we didn't lose to the Cowboys, did we? Surely not. No, you flogged them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, I think the Titans and Sharks at this point in time will take seventh and eighth. I still, it's yeah, okay. one game for the Titans. We'll get to it. I still think they're there. And, you know, I'm tipping the Cowboys to come last. I had the Tigers at the start of the year. I don't think they finished bottom four. Now the Tigers, um, although the Bulldogs have been playing bad, I still see towards the end of the year a couple of wins just because they've had time to gel. They're young players. They've showing their potential at other clubs, just coming together. They need that time. I think towards the end of the year, they'll just escape the bottom of the ladder. But still, bottom four. Um, and who else? I think oh, I had Brisbane 15th. I think they'll finish probably 13th, possibly 12th. I think they're looking all right. And at this point, Manly, question mark if Tommy Turbo stays healthy. I don't think top eight. They're currently the eighth favourite to win the premiership now after that one game, after being pretty much last. They're $34 now. So I personally wouldn't get on Manly to win the comp. I think that's a bit a, a bit far-fetched. But yeah, I, I think they'll do a, a, a lot better than they have been the first few weeks of the season. Barney? Yeah, well, most of my team, uh, most of my top eight is pretty much going to say the same. And most of the also runs, I all sort of clumped them in that one sort of spot at the bottom of the bottom of the eight anyway. Um, the only real change I would make, obviously, is to take the Dragons off the bottom of the ladder, which I had them at at the start of the year. Um, I'm not sure how far up they go, but they, I don't see them in that bottom four anymore. So, Yeah, I... Um I can't remember my top eight to be honest. So the teams that uh, I've changed opinion of from what from I guess the preview show is I was pretty hard on Penrith and I apologise because yes. they've oh, come yeah, out yeah. and been yeah. 
they're clearly the best team. They're clearly the team to beat. They've still got to win a comp, but uh, it's their comp to lose right as of uh, the 20th of April. Uh, I think the Eels have been more impressive than I thought they might. Um, Papi, he's been very good. Maybe they are where they have been. Maybe I didn't give them due respect to start with, but I've got to acknowledge either I got that wrong or they've been better. Let's uh, let's just go halfway. I won't admit I'm wrong. Uh, and Storm have been – so I think I think they're probably your top three teams now. That's after injuries, obviously – you have more credit to the teams Storm that are current injuries. Yeah, okay. uh, not necessarily in premiership order, but for the next six weeks, they'll be the dominant teams. Uh, I'm giving, I just want to, I'm taking, I'm obviously taking Dragons up many pegs because they've been super impressive. And as I spoke last week when we talked about Hook, uh, yeah, apologies to him, got that wrong. And uh, he, they've been very impressive for what I pegged them. And I've got to say the same about Cronulla. And the beyond that, I think Raiders have been almost the most disappointing at this oh, stage. Oh, well, I've certainly got to drop them. To a, so they're now they'll make the eight, but they now are in that middle bracket with the Eels. It's, uh, yeah. Below the Eels now. Okay. Um, I'm promoting. Let's say I'm promoting the Eels, dropping the Raiders and Titans. I'm probably taking down a peg from borderline top four to being borderline top eight, either side yeah. of the eight. So, I am very concerned about their. They've become suddenly too one-dimensional. One, that's not a word. Too really one-dimensional? Yeah, why not? Yes. Uh, in my humble, uh, Tigers-Brisbane are basically almost the same team. They're both one from six and could be three from six. And um, we'll talk about those more later. But, they're, you know, they're going to they're gonna fight out your top ten with your yeah. the usual yeah, suspects. Gonna, basically, the, my number one's going to come down about four spots and my number 16 is going to go up about four spots. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's pretty much <laughs> what uh, I'm going to do. And, and I guess the only... The rest will stay the same, and the the only knock on East would be the injuries are now yeah, blatantly taking a toll. It's going to be interesting to see and how they. I think, I think the stat is no, got no, no teams ever want to comp with a halfback younger than twenty one. I think so. You know, I still wouldn't be too um, too confident in the Sharks mate, making the eight. To be honest, there's been a couple of games there that they've thrown away, and um, oh, well, Johnson's one to talk about this week with, his, so. um, with an Achilles is a yeah. very hard injury to come back from. So and all you know, all of and I. Not saying he will because he obviously says seems very level headed. But now Towns has got a foot out the door. Yep. Johnson taking his spot, all that sort of stuff. Coach, is, yeah, and for, all the rest of it. For me, at least, it's also a case of the teams who are going to be around there with them. So Newcastle, I tipped them to miss the eight at the start of the year. Just I feel like they're um, going along with my reasoning as to they're just too inconsistent. We saw a great effort from them against Cronulla, but what about against the Tigers, for example? They let that one yeah. go, and they probably should have won that game in the end. Um, and then they've looked really good against teams like the Warriors. Um, they were dominant against the Bulldogs for about 60 minutes of that game. So, you don't like, we could get a, a close game between Penrith and Newcastle this week or Penrith could go out and absolutely flog them. Um, it's just that consistency issue. And the Warriors, the injuries have really exactly let them down the to me. Well so, the consistency. Yeah. So, the Sharks, for me, by default, sort of take that eighth spot. Cool. I think we've um, covered off, I guess, to change our mind. We'll revisit that in six weeks' time and see where we're all headed. Uh, as we head, I guess that'll be around origin time. So we'll need some time to fill uh, over origin. Review time. We'll get to the Thursday night game, which seems like a – I know it's been a week away, but it seems like a week ago. Uh, Panthers 20 defeated Broncos 12 in a pretty good game of footy. Uh, Barn, how do you, you see it? Yeah, so – Brisbane being the home time, uh, home team was two tries to three, uh, one out of two conversions for Brisbane, two out of three for Penrith, uh, penalty penalty goal each, and we had a, another two point field goal. 
Mm. Which was getting hit very well. We've um, had three in two weeks now. We have. <laughs> 80% completion played 81%. Uh, 32 out of 40 sets played 34 out of 42. Two line breaks to six. 35 tackle bus played 41. Nine offloads to 12. One force drop out apiece. No 40-20s. 371 tackles played 387. Two ruck infringements for Brisbane. Four for Penrith. Ten errors to nine. Turpin made 53 tackles. Kenny with 62 tackles. Uh, Asako with 225 metres. And Turo with 272. If he doesn't, he's just going to get 200 every week, I think. I don't think he's ever scored less than 200. <laughs> Not this year, he hasn't. He's. Oh, it's like 10 or 15 games, something stupid straight. Yeah. I know we don't like Origin Talk, but at this point in time, quickly, do you pick him over Tupo? Just on the bombs that he copped on in this game, which we'll get to. Um, he diffused him, Maybe right? not. No, oh, there was a couple of. If- I I think they'll still. I still think they'll go incumbent before anyone knew. Uh, I would have him in the squad. He, um, I still think they'll go out of car and Tupo because yeah. they yeah. know what they're getting. Kenar made 18, 18 tackles and missed five. Did and missed five as well. Burton made seven and missed five, which was a bit of an um, odd one for him. He's normally pretty good. Um, Kenny made 62 but missed eight. Uh, Cleary made 125 supercoach points. Capewell with 82. Three other players before you get down to Payne Haas on 64 supercoach points. Uh, do you know, keep going and tell us your takeaways from the game or do you want oh, me to uh, raise some points? Basically, what what the actual happened in this game, I, <laughs> the <laughs> amount of effort that came out of that Brisbane team we haven't seen for 18 months plus. Like You could have taken every game they played last year, put all the effort together and <laughs> wouldn't yeah. have added up to what they put into this game. Um, yeah, outstanding effort from Brisbane's big men, uh, Hass, Lodge, uh, TPJ and Turpin, as we all sort of foreshadowed last week. It was an absolute brilliant bash up. Hass was, um, I think he had some monster meters too. It was over 200 and... Did you write him down? Was, no, I just looked at the top two, but he would have been right up there because he was just every was over set, he was I'll find him. But, um, one big run. He's just an absolute, and I said this about Tino the other day, but he is just a monster of the game, Payne House. And for his age and where he's at and everything else, he's just a superstar. And I'll find his player stats. Yeah, they, um, they set up a brilliant platform through the middle. They didn't just hold Penrith either. They were dominant over the Penrith pack there for good good yeah. chunks of this game. Yeah. Um, uh, 211 metres from 20 hit-ups, yep. 92 post-contact metres, and he made 34 tackles. He's a beast. Um, I've never been a big rap on Croft, as anyone who's listening to this show would know, but mm. that's the best game I think I've ever seen the bloke play. Yeah, he just was about. Isn't it amazing what happens when you good. just back you someone get that platform and, and then go yeah, and just have the, the spine together? Uh, Turpin looked pretty good as well, most most through most part. Um Croft, I guess, had confidence. Didn't try to do what he had to. And Azako was decent enough in support. Maybe back when missing a little bit at times. Yeah, no, Croft played extremely well. Azako uh, is shaping up as a pretty good fullback, to yeah. be honest. Uh, he's looking like a very good first-grade fullback. Um, I hope Tuo plays forever because I just absolutely love watching yeah. that bloke play, as he's you mention every to week. He's my favourite player. He is, his effort is just... Well, you can't say it's unsung because everyone sings his praises every week, but yeah. the, the amount of work and effort that that kid gets through uh, game after game and does it with a smile on his face is tremendous. Um, he had a few issues under that high ball. They did target him. Oates got the better of him a couple of times. He knocked a couple back. Oates was good, actually. Uh, 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 sorry, Coates. Oh, yeah, Coates was on his Coates side, was, but Oates, Oates was, was good, good as well. As well. Sorry, yes, he was. Um, Yo, Capewell and Fisher-Harris were strong for 
Penrith, but their bench and um, Viliami were pretty quiet mm. um, and were dominated for large parts of well, the game. The Brisbane bench comparatively owned him because uh, Bullymore probably had his best game of NRL. Just about to he was m- mention Bullymore, actually, yeah. um, especially with that try back up the middle, uh, which yeah. was off a right. really nice short wall on the inside from Croft. Um, Kenny was good. Luai didn't have as much room as normal, therefore he sort yeah. of, you know, when, when they're not, he's not getting the room off the back of the forwards, he, he sort of goes missing a little bit. But that last play, there were, that try that he set up for yeah. Cleary, when he did decide he got a half gap and ran. and Yeah. Yeah, um, Cleary pulled him out of the shit. To be honest, yeah, uh, got him around the field, uh, made some really key uh, decisions at different times, and um, yeah, pulled him, saved him from a massive upset. I thought. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned Pengai Junior as well. He was uh, one of his best games. He would passing. Have. Um, yep. Ollie, any passing thoughts? for a few points. Well, I tell you what, Barney's covered most of it. It was entertaining watching this one with Mrs. Ollie, who is a massive Broncos fan, right. and for the last ten twenty minutes of the game, what was it? She averted her eyes because she thought if she watched, they'd stuff up. In the end, Jermaine Sarko stuffed up anyway with that field goal. Um, but also a favourite player is Corey Oates, and it was good to see him back there. He was fairly strong. Yeah, yeah. putting in a, a good effort. But did enough to well, put it this way, I thought did enough to be picked this week, which he has been. So. Yeah, well, Brisbane have now nearly beaten Parramatta and Penrith, who are two of the teams that we just wrapped in our yep. um, updated ladder predictions. So I think that... <laughs> that says a lot. The tough thing is, and it's the same as the Tigers, nearly beating Penrith, you're still one from six, and you're still in that shit mm. spot where now you're behind Manly and behind the Cowboys. You need to be putting that effort in against the Cowboys, yeah. against your Manly, right. against your Cronulla, and so that, that's you're when still, they'll get those wins. But um, but on that effort, um, yeah, they're good enough to they're good enough to beat a Newcastle or a Cronulla on their day if they play like that every week. Yeah, well, they've only played yeah. for twenty minutes, pretty much every game for yeah year yeah. and a half, two years, and they played a good 60 to 70 minutes the other night. Yeah. They played well, it very well. Well, as a Titans fan, I'd say they'd nearly beat... Well, I think they possibly could beat the Titans if they're off their game next time they play. Well, they would have beat you guys on the weekend. Yes. Uh, from, from the Penrith point of view, you, yeah, you've covered... We've obviously spoken enough about two over the weeks, but you've covered him. Um... Stephen Crichton, I know he wants to be. I don't think he's a fullback yeah, at all. I'm not sure he's a fullback. There's no way he's a full, no. especially not on a Dylan Edwards level. I still am surprised Charlie Staines hasn't had a shot there because um, the best he's looked or used when he chimed in at fullback for 20 minutes a couple of weeks back. Uh, I suppose the size is concerned, but just his defensive decisions. I think he had three tackle attempts and three missed across that game. That was Crichton. Yep. Burton's now at the point where he needs to be in that team, I think, uh, at least in the 17. I assume we'll probably take Tyrone May's spot when yeah. uh, everyone's back. Yeah, quite possibly. So, well, but, uh, the way he's playing, it, it's worked out now that Momorowski's out. Uh, it's probably worked out all right. But Momorowski might end up working himself out of a spot. I would suggest why would there. you move him, Burton, the way he's playing. He fits in nicely on that left edge and... Um, He's a big enough body. I know he didn't defensively have the best game, but has done enough this well, year. Well, that's the big thing with Momorowski. You don't get too many decent defensive centres anymore. And I'd say he's that's already true. one of the best in the Probably game because yeah, of the lack so. of. So yeah. that's. Um, yeah. But the final point I'll make for me is what you said. Cleary was the best player in the field. Cleary won on a game when it needed to be won. There was one set where I think I mean Cleary who made the break and then he touched the ball the next four tackles. Like he just. Yeah. Took and it, it, I think the only pro issue it was a perfect set from a halfback, except he, I think he kicked the ball dead. That was the only thing. It was just a bit too big. But just the way I was just, it was just that set I watched and I just went, "Wow, this guy's the best halfback in the game." And then he just followed it through for the last twenty minutes. And 
Um, showed, I guess, what a great mix they are because when Luai's on, it's a Luai show. When he's not, it's a Cleary show. And um, still the best team. They won by eight. Margin probably fair in the end, but kudos to Brisbane. Yep. Daggy M's are giving three to Cleary, two to two oh, and we can toss up either Burton, Haas, Fisher Harris, uh, perhaps another Queen, another Brisbane Haas. bloke. Uh, Payne House, happy with the first Payne two? Haas. Well, I'd nearly I'd have Luai in there somewhere. And Luai was the other name on my list, game. but yeah. um, happy to put him one, but if you want to play... I think he was too quiet for too long, to be honest. He did some really nice things at the back end, but he, he had a few chances there early in the game where he, he sort of didn't, okay. didn't do what I expected well, from him. Clearly, he was the best player, so as long as he's three, I'm happy he's with him. Okay. Two O's getting two, and probably moving into... Close to even money to win this trophy the way it's going. And uh, Payne Haas getting one. Uh, I was saying to Ollie before you got here, but I looked back at, I don't always do it, but I had a look at the Daly M votes for the round. And I think this is the worst voted, first round, worst bunch voted of Daly M yeah. votes I've ever seen. Right. But we'll get to those as we go through them. I think okay. Cameron Munster got three points in the Melbourne game. Um, <laughs> and okay. Latrell got three points in the Tigers game, which I, apart from a couple of moments for two of them, I don't know what game any of those judges were watching, but. I have been wrong before too. Maybe you saw it differently. Newcastle 26 defeated Sharks 22. Uh, both teams at times, I think another five minutes, Sharks probably win the game. Both teams just so happened uh, they finished with their nose down at the post, I'd say. Both teams uh, were probably on par. How the stats look? So we had uh, five tries to four, three out of five conversions for the Knights, three out of four for Cronulla, 83% completion for the Knights and 89% completion for the Sharks. 33 out of 40 sets played 34 out of 38 sets, six line breaks to five, 36 tackle busts to 31, nine offloads to 10, one force dropout from Newcastle and two from Cronulla, 140-20 to Newcastle, 418 tackles made by Newcastle to 349 from the Sharks. Three ruck infringements from Newcastle and one from Cronulla. Ten errors played six. Zero penalties for Newcastle and four conceded by the Sharks. Ten errors from Newcastle and six from Cronulla. Uh, Jaden Braley made 57 tackles and Blake Braley made 56 tackles. Ponga with 172 metres and Wilton with 197 metres. Best missed four out of uh, four tackles and made 16. And Chad missed five and made 20. Uh, Ramian also missed four and made 12. So um, there was 16 missed tackles from the starting pack from the Sharks, which wow. obviously is not good enough. Um, when you first Was it this game? No, it was a belt, the Manly game. Okay, we'll get to it. Everyone carry on. <laughs> okay, super no, coach yeah. points. I was going to say the, the Manly game was the lowest tackle count I've ever seen. Like, yeah, yeah, both teams. Weird, yeah, both. 70 yeah. or something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Ponga with 163 super coach points, Tracy with 114, and Frizzell with 113. Well, I'll tell you what, Chad must have signed on the dotted line with the Cowboys before this game because he, he wasn't playing to boost his market value. I don't think he had a, <laughs> a, a, one of his better games in this one. Um, I just want to shout the praises of Kalen Ponga. He's yeah. back. They sort of needed that influential player, I guess, with Pierce out, and he's he's stepping up to the bill right now. Look, it's, it's probably not going to help him too much against your better teams like Penrith this weekend, but against those teams who are sort of around the same... Um, I don't know, man. A couple of things he did, it's going to be hard to stop that, for anyone. That, um, the sweet play that he does, which we talked about a lot last year, and he pulled it out at the end there, that could be dangerous against Penrith. 
on that edge. So the way he was popping his head through the line and getting offloads yeah. and stuff like that. Well, I try, two line break assists, two line breaks, two try assists, two no, two tries. So, two tries, two try assists, 172 metres, well, eight tackle busts, two line breaks, two line break assists, yeah. three offloads. Well, I, yeah. d- I don't doubt yeah. that he can have a good game against a Penrith or something. I'm just saying, that, you know, overall, Whether it, it might not as get a club, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's but if he can good. score a try and set up two, there's 18, like, you know, there's 12 or 18 points off his own bat, man, and that makes a massive difference against any and, team. And we, really do, we did say that. We said he's at least worth 12, and if you say add six to Brabham Best, it's a good starting base. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thoughts? The I think where what are my notes here? I thought actually Matt Boylan's best game I've seen from him in a long time. I thought he played pretty well. I think he still had six. Played a little something. more direct, which was but nice he, um, to see. He ran the ball. He put some nice touches through at the right times in a couple of occasions. I thought he played pretty well. Um, quick to knock, so I'll mm-hmm. give some praise where it's due. Sure. Um, young Brody Jones, they've found another one. He looked pretty good off the bench. He's back again this week. He um, could well end up in that. Um, Playing on the opposite edge of Bradman Best and giving him both sides of the field there. The, they looked a bit more structured, I thought. Um, having Green back and having Kurt Mann back probably no, helped. And it Green. just and that allowed them to didn't play the sweet Ponga play, which obviously works quite well. Uh, forwards are pretty good. Uh, for Sharks, what can you take away apart from the now get you get in a position now where you've got to have Connor Trace, you've got to have Teague Wilton in this team and um, and obviously they do, but um, they both look good. That little bit of extra pace, um, yeah, they can break tackles and. But all yeah, all of it's funny. All of a sudden, Graham's not there, and I know Dugan's a pretty good try scorer, but just a few blokes with that extra half yard of pace makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You're getting through a tackle instead of half through a tackle, uh, and it, it's it's shown for them. But they at the end of the day, these teams are probably on par. You play this game. I think if you play this game yeah. ten times the next ten weeks, I'll win five each. Quite possibly, uh, yeah. unless Ponga's man of the match, seven of them, then they win seven three. I think that's probably <laughs> he's, he's was a difference, and he oh, he was a complete and utter difference between the two teams in this one. Um, for the ball for uh, I will say Frizzell had a pretty good game, but the ball he threw to Ponga was amazing for the winning for that try. Last try, yeah, that big offload, the sweeping offload that he threw. Yeah, um, yeah, Ponga just when they needed points or line breaks or anything like that, he was the one who uh, delivered for them. Their uh, their forward pack was pretty dominant everywhere except for probably against uh, Braley. I think the mm. two hookers matched up pretty close, and Nakora actually probably had played one of his better yeah. games of um, of at least this year and good part of last year. Uh, Ramian and Tracy were pretty good in the in the centres, uh, but there were some few passengers out there for the Sharks as well. Um, Trindle with no minutes on the bench. It's one of my pet hates. I fucking absolutely despise it. And yeah. when why you would play a player on a bench and not give him a minute in a game just it does my head in. I just, I just it annoys me so much. Sharks let in two fairly soft ones. The the first two soft first two tries of the game. Yeah. Ponga went through untouched. Um, yeah. And then the second one Ponga, was a nice offload back inside from Ponga to Barnett, but there was two or three blokes that just dropped off that first tackle yeah. again. Um, and then you're eight points behind and you're chasing the game. Uh, they did well enough to get back in it, but they didn't deserve to win it. Um, the the uh, the the young bloke you named uh, in the centres, Tracy Jones. Uh, for, oh, yeah, Brody, Brody, Jones, Brody Jones, mate. He was absolutely fucking outstanding. He yeah. saved probably three tries off his own bat. Knocked him. Knocked yeah. the first one with Kennedy. We got his hand to it. Uh, another try-saving tackle. And again, 
with a bobbling ball was the first one there to get rid of it, and then he scored. He's scoring tries and setting up tries as well. Yeah. So he he, he was absolutely outstanding. Edward, yeah, just wanted his hands on the ball. It was a big down. part of a different difference in that game as well. But his attitude was brilliant, and that's what you want to see from a young kid coming through. The, uh, yeah, the big concern of the Knights for me is it feels like there's at least twenty minutes, and there's probably two patches where they'll just leak 20, 20 points and. It's like they just turn off. Um, mm-hmm. That's the biggest concern. And against your top teams, we've seen how easy that becomes 32 points and the game's over. Uh, yeah, you've probably covered the points for the Sharks. There are some defensive issues, but I think they're in. They're going on the right track, but probably just still a pot plan or two away from being really close, really getting them into you know, top eight. Yeah, well, the Knights forward pack was super strong um, and as I said, mm. they pretty much uh, overpowered the Sharks through the middle every, in pretty much every position. The Sharks were sort of workmanlike as we've always said, but they're just, yeah, they got overrun mm. in this one. So, Three points to Ponga. I'm saying two to yeah. Barnett, one to Wilton, uh, but happy to have either a, either of the Praleys or even a I would have given two to um, Brody Jones to be honest. Okay, yeah, fine to put him in two. What do you think, Ollie? I'm happy with that as long as Pong is getting three. Like, okay, let's yeah. go Jones two, Barnett one. Mm-hmm. Is that fair enough, Barn? Yeah, you could probably even argue Frizzell with over Barnett. Oh but yeah, I'm happy or much of a much or Brayley even, but yeah. we'll go Barnett. That's all right. I'm big one now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, just for that pass, we'll make it Frizzell. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ponga three. Beverage. Yep. Uh, producer Aaron will grab us one. Oh, thank you. Two to Brady Jones and one to Frizzell. Storm 20 defeated the Roosters 4 in for what I wrote down in my notes. Uh, it was a shit game for 50 <laughs> minutes or so. And then I went and looked at the first try and it was the 49th minute. So, yeah, I was pretty close. Uh, I thought the first half was... The first half was ugly. Uh, intensity was okay, but it was a very intensity ordinary game. Intensity was good, yeah. Footy, um, what did the stats say? Three tries to one, two out of three conversions for the Storm and zero conversions out of one for the Roosters. Uh we got and two out of three penalty goals for the Storm. Eighty-two uh, percent completion from Melbourne and played seventy percent for the Roosters. Thirty-six out of thirty-four sets played twenty-eight out of forty. Seven line breaks from Melbourne to three for the Roosters. Fifty-one tackle bust by Melbourne played twenty-eight for the Roosters. Seventeen offloads to ten. Two force dropouts from the Storm. No forty twenties. Three hundred and forty tackles played three sixty-two. Two ruck infringements from Melbourne and one from the Roosters. Uh, we had a bin Radley from the Roosters uh, six penalties conceded to seven 12 errors played 15 Welch made 38 tackles Maskey with 48 uh, Nelson with 150 metres and Tupu with 155 metres Olam missed four tackles and made six Kenny missed five and made 34 uh, Radley missed nine out of yeah. 42 and Manu missed five out of 16 it was um, just how tight the Oh, sorry, uh, there was 30 missed tackles from the starting pack from the yeah. Roosters. Yeah, so Crichton missed six, uh, Tupanua uh, Tupin- yeah, missed eight, and Radley missed nine. Yeah. Um, I think that's indicative of just how well the two, basically, uh, that last 20 minutes, Melbourne guided them straight through the middle. Right I think that's middle, probably yeah. what's the biggest indication Hughes of. with 102 supercoach points, Harry Grant with 98. There was two others from the Melbourne Storm before you got to Ikevalu with 72. Uh, I loved the last half hour of this game, yeah. uh, even though he, he wasn't wearing a uh, West Tigers jersey. But this was an ordinary game. And But when Harry Grant hit his straps, um, 
it was he just changed his game in pretty much in about five minutes. He straightened everyone up. Um, you've touched on he he's just so great at taking those two steps where he draws the defender in and opens a hole. Uh, and when you've got a Sofa Solomona running off one side of you and the che- and the cheese coming the off the other way, he just became deadly. Uh, uh, I, I'm proud of the fact I forecast it last week and uh, it's pretty much how the game panned out but he actually made Brandon Smith a better player in that last 20 minutes because he gave Brandon one job was to follow him when he couldn't get to the ruck Brandon did he made when he Hughes didn't. a better player too yeah, gave him a, just, lot of, a lot of ball yeah. a lot earlier than what he was getting off the cheese but um the cheese was outstanding as a result. He just played that small forward role and was tremendous. I just thought it was just a great combo, um, exciting to watch. And like I said, as a result, I think uh, Big Nelson had his best game all year, and uh, uh, he just gave really good service to everyone. So that was a big thing for me. For the Roosters, their spine's a big concern if Tedesco's not touching the ball now. Um, Drew Hutchinson is getting pretty close to pot plant territory. Um but he just doesn't distribute it that much. I know they didn't have Morris, but it wasn't a good service. It's not quick service either. Even the way – they do get Verrills back this week, which is going to help, and they did have the rookie hooker as well. But even that play Teddy did off the last play of the game, why not just put him at six now? Like, <laughs> That's what we, as well. we Mar- It'd that. be Manu. Cause well, Manu's it's got got probably got to be Manu, but you may as well put Teddy – I don't know, he, he tends to say he wants to, and he probably doesn't want to, didn't want to tread too much on a young kid's toes. Early on, but we grew up as a six. Apparently, yeah. that's the thing. Um, I, I'd say the side's probably stronger. On it might actually be even on second thought because you could move Teddy to six, possibly Manu, Manu to one, one. Play Manu. and then Suwali comes in, or you, you just move Manu to six and have Suwali come in. But I think at this point, at, put, I'm not even worrying about Suwali. I'm just worrying about. I, I know, but that's what you service, would do. Yeah. yeah, that that's how the wheels would turn, I guess. Uh, it was the Harry Grant show. when He was the difference maker in this game towards yeah. the end. That that showed completely an interesting thing, and I actually brought it up to Daggy the other night when we were around here. Is a bit of a a bit of a curse for Drew Hutchison because before the game, I was with my dad, and he was saying one of the most underrated plays he reckons is Hutchison because <laughs> there aren't too many five eights out there in, in those better sides who just do their job you know they've got to do too much or whatever but he does his job and he does it well and there's usually not too many mistakes and he's always complimenting that half which I'd, I'd agree probably and that's why he doesn't get many raps because you're not doing too much but as soon as yeah that was said because mm. he said keep a close eye on Hutchison this game well that that <laughs> yeah. didn't turn out but uh, again one game but I think yeah. and, and I'm not going to knock yeah. Sam Walker yet because obviously he's no. yeah, well, was, not going to we saw it last week but also second game of footy I think you're playing the storm. Still working it's, and the storm. He had they would big have boys running had at him. that targeted yeah. as a weakness before they even stepped yeah. foot on yeah. the field, and they did. They poured the pressure on through every time. Both either of them had the ball, they got hit. And in fairness, they had as someone I said, in their and, face. And when um, and when your forward back is that tied, where ugly superstars of the game are missing so many tackles, it's reflective, I think, of fatigue more than anything else. And when they're getting dominated, you, it's not the halfback's fault. There's well, not much you can do, I suppose. Walker's also an 18-year-old who's played three NRL games and had a blinder in two of them. So, I mean, he's yeah. still tracking pretty well. And again, as you said, against the Melbourne Storm, we shouldn't be expecting much more than what we got from him in yeah. um, at his age and the amount of experience he's had. So, yeah, and I'm glad to see not too many people were knocking on him and, you know, all the jealous couch potatoes started having In fairness, I don't that think... That didn't happen. I think I'm probably even the first to knock Drew Hutchinson too much that I've heard, but I don't watch a lot of the 
other Sunday morning ramps than that. But um, where to? F- I know they get Verils back this week, which is a massive in. Where to for Roosters now? Just they are where they are, but yeah, well, just on Ollie's comment, I think that um, they'd probably it would serve him better to play Teddy as a six, to be honest, just because I think he's he's a better ball player than Manu is. Um, and I would say Manu's three best games last year when he played one. Yeah. And you're not going to miss – you're going to miss something. Because he just doesn't touch the without ball. Teddy at the, the But he doesn't back, touch the ball enough on that other side anyway. Manu's a big, strong boy, and he's a good ball runner coming out, yeah. coming out from his back end. And then um, I just think Teddy's got more creativity in him than Manu's going to give you at six. Um, but that, that's up for smarter people than me to do, uh, to sort out. And again, to veer away um, from the central point that we're making here as well, the Roosters, no one's really expecting anything from them this year now that Kiri's out. And I think this is more, you know, sort of finish where they do, get as far as they can in the finals and give those players a bit of experience. This is nearly the, the perfect situation to bring a Joseph Suwali in now because there aren't those expectations. And while there will be on him to perform, he's no longer going to be seen as a guy who's got to uh, be an integral part Could in leading them to a... Yeah, make yeah, or break yeah. their season because it's arguably already broken. So just get him in there. It was like Latrell that season. He debuted and played most of the year at fullback in 2016. Before the year, Trent Robinson even said to Nick Politis, look, this is our one year. I have a feeling we're going to dip right down and then we'll be straight back up, which they were. And I think that's why he had that confidence in Latrell, in Latrell for that one season to blood him and bring him in because he wasn't going to be a make or break player. So Ali will play during Origin for sure in turn. Has to because um, they're going to lose Tedesco. They're going to lose yeah. Tupo. Uh, they're going to lose... One of the Morris boys will have a need of rest through that time. I think he's, um, you know, who's the, all that's left after that's Iqavalu's, who was okay. But I think that'll be the time they'll butt him. They'll wait for a game against Bulldogs or but something. if that's the case, then they're probably going to leave Hutchison in the halves with Walker. Because if you make either oh, yeah. of those moves, Marnie yeah, moves and out, they have. And, and, and they have at this in. stage. So um, I guess we'll see how he goes this week. Yeah. Uh, again, they were playing the Storm, who didn't play badly. Um, that first half was, as you touched on, was great, pretty good intensity, but it was one of the scrappiest halves of football that we've seen this year. I think both teams were just too... Too pumped up. And too, like, real left to right. Because the most yeah, left to right Melbourne the ball around the lot. And that's where Grant just straightened them straight well, I, up. I, I mentioned in the chat, like, uh, my team talk would have been, you big stupid bastards just run straight at those big stupid <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Just, like, stop yeah. running side to side and just uh, work it back through the middle. Um, the Roosters, well, the Storm looked more likely, more threatening in this game than the Roosters yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. whole game yeah. um, except for that first try in that first couple of minutes yeah. where um, Josh just bobbled it into the back of Hughes and was ended up getting the no try out of it that would have been a spectacular start yeah. for the Roosters and it could have the, the momentum Changing could have it. shifted who knows and they but, lost Takiyaho after what eight minutes or something yeah, so it doesn't long. doesn't help as well no of course um, the Storm were the first ones to settle down they did it straight in uh, straight after half time and yeah. the Roosters never really settled down at all I don't think um they never seemed to get into a groove, um, and the Storm were pretty dominant in the middle. And then, the, the as you said, the two hookers just started being ultra-dominant and just yeah. tearing it apart through the through the guts there. So, um, then once the Roosters cracked, there was sort of no coming back from there. Um, yep. What have we got there? Um, Collins was the Roosters' best forward, I thought, uh, coming off the bench. He was uh, quite good. But, um, yeah, Kamakamika's best game I think I've ever seen. Oh, he was play. outstanding, actually. He was, about um, yeah. he was super good. But, yeah, there was Storm just too good. Roosters never got into a good end of their game. Harry Grant, the Australian hooker? Yeah, I think so. Well, put it this way, he's getting three points 
in the day games this week, I think. So, yeah. um, oh, look, maybe it's a case of incumbency if Cook can still have a decent year because it's a World Cup year, your squad's extended. So oh, they'll both be in the squad. Yeah, Harry's going to at least make the squad. And you know what? Whenever I forget, I forget their exact draw, but Harry's at least starting in one game. Oh, and it, you know, yeah. even if he's not starting, he's in that, I think he's in that 17 because he can do exactly what he does here. Plays a small forward plays or plays four, a yeah. uh, Anyway, he's getting three points. I'm giving the cheese to because I thought he was outstanding on the back of it. And Nelson or Pappenhausen or uh, I, I agree with you what said about Kamakamika. So what do you reckon? I don't reckon Kamakamika is going to poll too much this year. So I reckon we well, give him this doesn't time. mean you don't give it to him. But Nelson was also, <laughs> I thought it was Nelson's best game. But Barney? Yeah, we'll go Cam and Kamika. Okay. I think he stood out a little bit more. No, only, only because especially first half, he was Nelson's the best player. He was probably Melbourne's so best long. player in the first half when they were a bit yeah. all over the place. Now watch Cam and Kamika win the Dagams this year. I hope he does. <laughs> more power to him. I'll rename him after him if he does. The Dagger Kamikas. The Dagger Kamikas. Uh, <laughs> you've thrown me. <laughs> Eagles thirty six. <laughs> Titans at zero. Up at Mudgy. Um... It was the return of Tommy Turbo, who, if he wasn't quite Caelan Ponga level, he wasn't bad first wasn't up. Wasn't the return of Tommy? Jesus. Uh, the whole team will grow a leg, basically. What did the stats say? They did. Uh, six tries to zip, five out of six conversions, and a penalty for Manly. 86% completion played 68%. 36 out of 42 sets, played 25 out of 37. Seven line breaks to two, 23 tackle bust to 30. Titans won the tackle bust. Six offloads to eight. Uh, two force dropouts by the Titans, no 40-20s. 269 tackles played 297. Five ruck infringements from Manly, two from the Titans. Five penalties conceded by Manly and eight by the Titans. Uh Lachlan Croker with 34 tackles, Proctor with 38, LOA with 191 metres, and Corey Thompson with 180 metres. Supercoach points, Turbo with 116, Garrick with 113, Schuster with 93, and then Fafita with 78. Our foreign missed four tackles, and Kepi missed five. Yeah, both halves missed three tackles each for the Titans. Kudos to Jason Saab. He had one handling error this game. <laughs> um, big shout out to him. It was hilarious. I, I laughed and laughed and laughed at the um, his second try where Harper just um, – he's called on the inside and Harper's just <laughs> thrown it to him and then just gone, yeah, and <laughs> his, his sub just went off into second gear. Uh, yes, he's got legs. <laughs> he travels, doesn't he? He's he an enigma. Moving. No one can catch him, but he can't catch. So. Yeah, he struggles um, to hang on to that ball, <laughs> doesn't he? But it is, I guess, like anyone with pace, it's good to see him in full flight. Yeah, Tommy Turbo will try, two he try assists, two line break assists, and two line breaks. Just um, carved him up, and as a result, DC Eager another leg four and looked at home with um, a little bit more help around you, but he threw a couple of nice touches for tries. Uh, I said it before this game, but Josh Schuster, I thought Josh Schuster was Manly's best player, and I still think he is. Uh, if Turbo's not, let's put Turbo on another level. Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. think Schuster is a star or will be As a kid, very quickly. absolutely dominating and in that team. I know, I think the big promise is next year he's getting a six, but we're almost at the point where he's big enough and he's playing well enough in that back row. Leave him as that ball playing yep. Jackson Hastings role or the Tepechi yeah, role. Or the 13, yeah. Um, but he, he's, I really like watching him play. Um... What more can I add to that? I think we've covered most of it. Paseca was was really good. Uh, 
probably needs to get the, that offload going a bit more than he, he has yeah. this year. But um, he was good leading the pack. Uh, but, yeah, it was a Tommy Turbo show, outstanding. Great to see him in flight. Very concerned to see how easily he just carved up some of your centres, Ollie. Um, what do you want to say about your team? <laughs> so I watched about 20 minutes of this game and then I came over here to watch um, <laughs> the Tigers game with you and, of course, Dino came over for the Raiders game. Yeah. Um, and when I had informed... That's so two sad days in a row where I've sat with three losers. Because <laughs> last week was no, uh, Benny, Damo no. and uh, oh, myself. I was so. going to say, well, the Titans won. The no, no, last, last week. week was the Warriors, the uh, Eels yeah. and the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. well, um, upon informing <coughs> Daggy of that, we still had a little while before the Tigers game kickoff. So, he so quite, I made him watch so, it. So he kindly forced <laughs> me to watch the highlights of the game, um, which is, yeah, but uh, in all honesty, honesty odds, I'll say this. I've said it before, Manly is still not a one player team in terms of their talent even though Tommy Turbo put in that performance but it's that mentality thing because without him there all the media hype is that they need Tommy there so they sort of subconsciously think that and they don't play as well so when he is there it's the opposite effect so your Jake Turbo's turn up even more I'd say you'd still get a decent effort from here your DCEs and pretty much the rest of the side they have that belief in themselves because he's there Um, so that's his big his big thing coming back into that side. So that's what he more, brings. Especially for the halves. They know that if there is that half a gap on the inside, they can just, they basically don't even have to look. They can just pop the yeah. ball off their yeah, ear and they know he's going to be there. And when he is and there's that half hole there, he generally goes through the other side of it. But um, Alia, Schuster and Paseca were the best of the Manly's pack. Um, they shifted pretty early. They did sort of what the Titans did to the Knights the week before, where they did played away from the Titans' strength, which is through the middle, and they they attacked the edges and the centre the centres and the second rowers, uh, pretty much from the start of the game. And then after they got after they started carving up there, Tommy decided to pop up in the middle a couple of times yeah. and carved them up back through the middle, which was yeah it would have been a tough watch as a Titans supporter, I would imagine, Ollie. Um, well, I didn't want to watch it. I chose, I, I chose not to watch it. Then I had to watch it later on. But yeah, the the centre's got um, centre's got turned inside out time and time again, which um, yeah was not good. The um, Corey Thompson was the best Titan on the field. Uh, Said that before. Closely followed by Fafida and um, Fafida and uh, da, 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 Proctor, but they got yeah. worked over. They, um, I think it was a plan to be honest for Manly to send a lot of work towards Fafida and Proctor and take the energy out of them early in the match, and then they reaped the the benefits on the on the back end of that because the centres couldn't cover them and they couldn't cover the centres and yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, where, you saw the game, but where to for the Titans? Because they've now been. Oh, you got to hope that's an aberration, really. really yeah, but it's sort of not now. It's like a, or it is, or they're just one of those teams that's going to win one, lose one. Well, the two big front rowers have been pretty, uh, like Tino and Mo have both. They've the last two games have both been pretty, uh, pretty poor to be honest. Um, it's, Mo's Mo's not. They're, they're playing the same spot though, so it's hard to. You don't see a lot of them together. Yeah, and as I said, Manly sort of played away from them a little bit there. I think they have to get back to just um, the way they did play the first couple of games this year and just make sure that they're making those tracks through the middle and just concentrate there and play a little bit more in the middle before they start going wide. But mm. um, there's a lot of a lot of handling errors and, yeah, they... 
Where's Brimson Dug at? himself some holes. <laughs> He's been barely been cited this year, to yeah. be honest. I think there was the one game where we commented and said he, we thought he was going quite well and it looked like he was going to come back. But does into Cowboys. Mm. He's not chiming in. He's not getting involved. No. They're, they're not setting much up for him. Uh, they, they, their spine is a real concern because Fogarty's okay. Ash Taylor's not cited. Ash Taylor. I don't remember touching the ball actually on Saturday, and uh, and neither did I. Don't remember AJ touching. It. I know they'd have a lot of ball, but yeah, that's where I'm just dropping them. They will they will out muscle some teams, but I, I now I'm completely stamping them as one trick ponies. I think okay. I, I did two weeks back, and I was saying it's a trick that worked, but now I'm saying it's a trick that is not going to beat top six teams. I thought they were going to try and play through the middle for a while and then go back to the style that they were playing last year, but that style's missing at the moment. If they can get that back the way they were playing at the back end of last year with some expansive backline moves and stuff, they've got a few blokes out there that can do do what's needed, but whether they're going to is a different story. Three, you're going on. Uh, no, I, I was I, I was sighing. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, it was a grimace. <laughs> Three to Turbo. I'm saying two to Schuster, and then one to LIA, <coughs> DC, or Foreign, or even Jason Saab, who scored two tries and probably won't get another point, will you? Yep, don't care. Move on. <laughs> DCE or Saab, take your pick. Uh, give it to Saab. Why not? Okay. Because yeah, he's due a pot plant soon. So. <laughs> Turbo 3, Schuster 2, 1 to Saab. Bunnies 18, defeat the Tigers 14 in Golden Point. Bunny? Yeah, so we had three tries to two. Two conversions, two out of two conversions, one out of three for the Tigers. Um, Souths, Souths missed the... <laughs> Sorry, just speaking to <laughs> the producer. Right. Important producerial... Um, so Souths had four shots at field goal in this one and kicked one, which was the 2.1, which was the first one they had a crack at. Um, <laughs> it was a one out of one penalty goal for the Tigers and one missed penalty goal from Souths again right at the back end. <laughs> Reynolds sort of went missing there with his clutch kicking at the back end of this one. Uh, 83% completions played 82, 40 out of 48 sets, 32 out of 39 sets for the Tigers. Uh <laughs> What is that? Five uh, five line breaks to three. 40 tackle bust for the South. Played 26 for the Tigers. Six offloads played eight. Uh, Tigers forced three dropouts. South forced zero. Uh, no 40-20s. 368 tackles played 361. One ruck infringement from South and four from the Tigers. Uh, South conceded five penalties. The Tigers conceded nine. Ten out of eight. Uh, ten errors played eight. And there was a bin for the Tigers. Yeah. Cook with 52 tackles, Simpkins with 58, Burgess with 206 metres, Nofaluma with 159, Mantor made seven tackles, missed three, Sewer missed four and made 27, Roberts, one of your favourites, made 13 and missed six, Dewey made 11 and missed four, Murray made 105 supercoach points, Burgess with 90 and Nofaluma with 71. I don't have a lot to say about this one, but I'm sure you've got a fair bit to um, talk about. I do. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure if I like it. I mean, yeah. did you see my Facebook video on Frothy's <laughs> the other did. night? Pretty I much sums did. it up. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say I my think little bit, and yeah, I'll you let say, you unleash. No, I don't so. unleash. I'm not unleashed. Murray, Cook and Burgess, uh, forwards, were the best of the forwards for South. Luttrell and Gay Guy were probably the best in the backs. And the halves went okay. They weren't um, overly good. Laurie, was, Laurie and Simpkins were probably the best for the Tigers, I thought. Mm. Um, Luciano 
he adds a lot to your attack on that left hand side. He's actually quite good with the ball. He's a little bit of a liability sometimes in defence, but he's um. But he's now there. He's now the clear he's go-to. The go-to on he's the left. The, he's floated for feeder now. There, if you go on left, that's where it's going through him. And Twile was good. Uh, yeah. the first try from Murray, the little short ball. The, those dangerous ones for me. I was like, oh shit, yeah. this could be this could be anything. Well, here. That was where uh, pretty much the he moment just went, I just went, okay, well, <laughs> I've seen enough of this game now. <laughs> went through completely untouched, and um, yeah, it looked ominous from there. But um, it was also the same with Garner's try at the back end mm. for South. So he just strolled through as well off a nice short ball, and I was like, oh Jesus, Tigers are coming back here. So yeah, it was up and down a fair bit in this game. There's a two point field goal, obviously, which got him back. <laughs> To um, even peggings, I think it was, or was that two in front? No, uh, it was no even. Yeah, back to even. And then he missed the penalty. And then there was that uh, the, that finish, mate. Like, there was some really good desperation in defence for both sides at times, but I'm still not convinced. Burgess gets that down with downward pressure. I mean, I can see why they've awarded it, but his hand was on the side. I'm not sure if there was. Any actual pressure on that? I mean, it's fine because yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to whinge about that. I've seen worse yeah. than that given. I've I've seen it not last year. If that had gone up as no try, I could have seen an occasion where they would have said refs call. But I reckon eight times out of ten, they'd give it a try. I thought it was a try, and I I thought it was a try. I'm not convinced either way, really. But I, I will say this: I thought for the 80 minutes, the Tigers were probably the better side, and I think that's good signs. And I guess it makes me a little hopeful for the Titans this week after losing to a team that they really shouldn't have lost to. The Tigers came back against South Sydney and nearly won. Hopefully, the Titans can do something like that this week. But yeah, I was really impressed with the Tigers' effort. I um yeah, well, I said last week I wasn't going to put any of their attire back on until they had some pride in their jersey and I thought they showed that I thought I agree I thought they were the better team um, I thought Souths actually looked lost for um, well, wh- wh- for that middle probably ooh, 20 minutes and then even it's funny watching it live when Walker kicked a two point goal like it didn't compute like it took me a minute to compute oh, when Reynolds, the whole thing the drop field the drop field because yeah, yeah. I was like because like because no, just the way the game was flying I was like we've got this like they're, yeah. they're making others they'll struck in the fifty and that and his point yeah and his point I just went good shot like I was like yeah oh, I, I just didn't know what to say what? It, it, and even it didn't compute that it happened and anyway it happened um, <laughs> and kudos for him for nailing it and for thinking to realise that that was their probably their hope at that time this is his best shot. Um, they showed enough. Like I thought, our forwards again dominated a. a well, the the South forward pack. We've always said they're small. Um, I thought our forwards were the better pack. I thought, with the exception, Tom Burgess was absolutely outstanding. He, even last try side, and and Cam Murray had his and moments, Murray. but and it's probably probably Cam's best game actually this year. Uh, the Latrell player from the corner won him the game because really he doesn't get out of there. We get a repeat set, and you don't know that was. I know he. Uh, True. Took off a head along the way, or tried to. A couple. But um, that, that was a freak play that probably not many fullbacks could have achieved, to be honest with you. Well, well that's the thing that... And then to make 40 metres on top of it is, yeah. is the, the next bigger play. And he got it. There was another one which was a pinpoint kick, and he just he, he got through four blokes to just fall yeah. into play. But, well, I'm not saying he's better than a Tedesco or Pappenhausen. I don't think he, has he is, that but that's, that's what separates him yeah. from a Tedesco or Pappenhausen, because I'm not convinced either of those guys could do that where Latrell can. How much of... Um, we've seen it with Kaponga and Turbo the other way. How much does Latrell coming out of that team, the way they've been playing this year, hurt them? Because I'm 
saying six to twelve points if we had to if we had to quantify it. I I'm, say so. I'm hoping it hurts them a lot this week. I don't know yeah. if it will. I don't think we get a true litmus test of that this weekend. Yeah. Let's say that. But and um, how much? Yeah, the other hurt. thing is watching South. How much of the on goes a pumpkin uh, syndrome is in that team under pressure? We saw a little bit Walker getting suspended through niggle earlier in the year. Yep. Um, they're now missing the troll for four games. When they have to beat Penrith in a qualifying final, do they have the wherewithal to, to stay level headed enough? Yeah, I'm not sure they do, to be honest. Um, the trail was in a mood all night. It, mm. it, especially, like, it, it really kicked off after he got dumped on his back there by Garner and they got that penalty. And then yeah. he was out for blood after that. Um, and it wasn't even that bad of a tackle, I didn't think. But, no. um, yeah, he was he was in a mood all night. He was doing quite a few silly things and they... Walker and him just seem to love that niggle. I don't know why they just get every time yeah. it's around. They're one of the first yeah. blokes there to yeah to keep going with it. That nearly cost them this game though, because then all the pressure goes onto Reynolds and Lucky came in clutch. Because when those two are frazzled, you've got to rely on Reynolds and Lucky. He came through on this occasion, but he's not going to come through every time. I don't think at this point in his career. So yeah, it is a real worry. And well, it's, nobody will like not every time. Not every time, yeah. but I mean. Yeah, if they keep on getting frazzled like that, Reynolds isn't going to be able to keep up with the pressure for the rest of the year. So that they definitely sort of be need to be kept in check. And that's the thing with at least the Cody Walker that I've gone on about. He's a confidence player. You know, you frazzle him a little bit and he's he's pretty much non-existent. Well, it's going to change um, their attack a fair yeah. bit, I would imagine, not having the drill. They're going to rely on their centres and Cody Walker a lot more to set up their attack because um, the drill does a lot, especially on that left if you're looking side. For, if you're looking for, let's say betting strategies I would now be looking for Gay Guy to and Campbell Graham even the centres to now score a lot more points yep. um, rather than the sweet the other play in the yeah. pass behind them and I think, more in um, front of them we saw, we yeah. saw at the back end of last year actually actually in live motion how much Campbell Gray got involved without Latrell in those semi-series in a final series I wouldn't be surprised if um, Benji plays a few more minutes to mm. be honest and they push Walker that little bit wider yeah um, I thought actually I was surprised how late he came to the game on Saturday because yeah. they probably needed him uh, anyway, um, as I said, you know, it's a typical thing with the Tigers. They played well enough to fair under respect them, but now they're still one and six and below the Cowboys and Manly. So what can you say beyond not good enough? Um, you know, you know we got Nelly there against Nelly there against Parra, Nelly there against South, and then get embarrassed for a half by Cowboys. So I'd like to see their halves and maybe even Dane Laurie start to create a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it was the most. Cr- try to put some more plays on for their outside. I think men. Brooks has been the Brooks and Dewey are getting each other now. I think they've been pretty good the last two weeks, and I think they're getting towards something. Laurie, um, probably the best. Joff has been good. Often Gowie's been, been pretty good. Yeah, last couple Ford of packs, I, I really have no knock on the Fords. Um, I like Stefano starting. Uh, I like yes. that Sean Bloor's not far away. Musgrove's been pretty good. Garner's been pretty good. Yeah, Bloor should help. He's, I think he's, he can ball play a little bit as well on the edge, which should help. Mm. But. So, um, you know, good signs, but you've got to win some games at some point. Yeah, uh, that's the problem, isn't it? Three to Burgess in the Daggyams, I'm saying. Two to Reynolds just for the clutch plays when they needed him. Yep. One to Dane Laurie. If you want to... I'm happy with that, yeah. Suggest any others, I'm happy with that. Um, Garner would probably be next in line, I would say. Yeah, Garner or Cam Murray. Um, uh, or Cam Murray. So there's you. Para 35, put the sword to the Raiders 10. 
Well, we've been uh, joined by Nash, the Wonder Dog, on the deck. <laughs> Here he is. As we were talking about the <laughs> the para game, para thirty five, Raiders ten. Um, other Raiders were very ordinary, to be honest. Yeah. Um, some stats, Bunny. I can't disagree with that at all. Um, oh, excuse me. Two tries played six. One out of two conversions for the Raiders. Five out of six for Parramatta. And a field goal for Parramatta. 75% completion for the Raiders. 81% for Parramatta. 30 out of 40 sets played 38 out of 47. Four line breaks to seven. 20 tackle busts played 30. Eight offloads played four. One force dropout for Parramatta, 0 40 20s. 381 tackles played, 333. Two ruck infringements to one. One penalty conceded by uh, Canberra and three by Parramatta. 14 errors from the Raiders and 10 from the Eels. Hodgson made 53 tackles. Mahoney made 53 tackles. Aitkins with 196 metres and Ferguson with 184. Croker missed three and made nine tackles. Young missed five and made 50. Uh, the Parahars both missed three tackles apiece. Papali with 129 super coach points. Gutho with 103. Three other Parramatta players before you get down to Rapana on 75 super coach points. Mm. Um, Ricky probably summed it up after the game for the Raiders. But, um, he said it how it was. He was pretty disappointed. They were pretty ordinary. I thought Caleb Atkins was pretty good. He was a, a highlight. Yeah, probably Canberra's best player. What do you reckon about the individuals in the team? Well, there's a couple <laughs> not playing this week, so um, we'll see what that is. Um, the thing of Ricky is, all right, the stuff about Josh Hodgson throwing out their attack, I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree with, but he's also shown that Ricky will just can change away coaches pretty quickly and yes, adapt to that. True. But... Strange timing is all I say. Um, Tapane, um, Tapane. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I probably didn't watch him close enough on the weekend to comment on that, to be honest. Um, what do you reckon? Well, two worst blokes on the field, but they're two centres. Um, yeah. Curtis Scott and Croker. They were the worst two players for the Raiders. Closely followed by Sevilla Hevili. He was non-existent for my large parts of that game. Uh, yeah, so Parra absolutely ripped in through the middle and they beat the Raiders at their biggest strength, realistically, which is up through the guts and they, they, they beat them up all night and just kept coming and the Raiders couldn't keep up with them. Um, the, the half of their pack was okay. The other half was pretty poor from the Raiders. Uh, Paulo had his quietest game of the year, but he was realistically the only Parramatta forward that didn't have a really good game in this one. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Lane and Moses probably played their best games of the entire season. Um, Sean Lane and yeah, Mitchell Moses, they were tremendous in this one. And they haven't played better this year, to be honest. Uh, Gutho wasn't far behind them, but Gutho just does what Gutho does. Yeah. And Mahoney was up there as well. He's Again, he's starting to get into that category where you just expect him to do it every week. You know, he <laughs> jumps out, sets up a, a line break or a try, and then just well, makes his 50-odd tackles yeah, as well. Super coach-wise, like... I've now looked back on if I just kept him every week, you're pretty safe. I think he's scored oh, yeah. 100 every Massive. week. Yeah. Um, Canberra Raiders halves were okay. Caleb Aitken's absolutely busted his ass and was probably, yep. as you mentioned, probably Canberra's best player. But there wasn't a lot to take out of it for the Raiders. No. I think they've. Um, they've and they, well, he, he said there. he did say that he Seb Chris needs to be in that team. So if you've got him in Supercoach, um, he's going to be an asset to you going forward. Um, they've named. Uh, 
Croker's only spot in this team now is on the wing. You would if, think so. If they're not going to play him in the wing. I know, I know it's, what is he, the second highest point scorer of all time, whatever he is, but... He can still do that from the wing. He's and he doesn't play. have to make as and, many tackles. And he can still get and still uh, finish those tries when he has to. So I I can't see a future for him much longer in the game if he's not going to be honest with you. Um, not at centres. No, not when he's got big, big wingers and centres running directly at him. Yeah. And then the occasional... Um, the occasional second rower as well. And yeah. they do target him. They run straight at him. Well, <laughs> I've done his entire career. Bit of foreshadowing here for me. I'll get to Jared Croker in a certain segment later yeah, on. Okay. Fair I've, enough. Oh. Um, but yeah, look, I guess credit to Parramatta. Credit to Mitch Moses to an extent. But I mean, he's um, playing for a contract pretty much at, at yeah. this point, And he's got to start firing up soon. I don't know if he will consistently. Uh, I thought Smith was okay. He was all right in there alongside Moses as well. Isaiah Papali'i is just next level, and apparently he's earning, what, 150k less than he was at the Warriors to go to the Eels. I guess they're an attractive enough club, and he's now one of their best players easily. I th- so I, he's had, got to be the best player of the year, doesn't he? Yes. For, you, you, for money Oli had output. the question on rugby league, in my opinion, and I, I, I would put him on top, I'd say. With the amount of money, because he'd be on 350 or mm. 300? 350? Well, the big thing is uh, value for money. And he is but, killing yeah. it week after week. Well, he's now at the stage where you can't not start him, because if Madison's back, I know Madison didn't play well on that average at all, but... Mm. I think we you mentioned it. Well, I, I think now, I know. I mentioned it after round two or whatever it was that he just needs to start. He needs to be in that yeah. team, yeah. and he needs to be playing. Well, we're an all hour. impressed off the trials. Yeah, yeah. So, I um, I would be very surprised if we don't see Ryan Madison at the Bulldogs next year. As long as for value partner. for money. Well, Bulldogs are chasing apparently. Yeah, it's They're chasing uh, every forward at the moment. I think it's a club option. No, it's a player option. I would yeah. be very surprised for what they're paying him. Whether they won't just say, look. Yeah, you know, and, and and I hate to say it, but damaged goods right play now. A little bit of the freight um, with it, and just let no. Well, it's a uh, player option, but they might just go. Look, we encourage you to leave. Yeah, you know, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can probably get the same money. The dogs, they're probably going to be yeah. happy to pay for him. Yeah, because they need so. something, and um, they've they've got the replacement there. Apparently yeah. they want Rudolph, they want Cape Will, they want yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody. I, yeah. I hate to be that guy bringing it up, but how far away is Madison from serious time out of the game due to concussion? I think he only ever won concussion away. Well, his last couple of last year he, lengthy, mi- last sure, year he missed six they? weeks, I'm pretty sure, yeah. and this year he's already missed four. Because it was Cordner's third concussion where he had that big spell off originally, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think he's Madison's at two now, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah, but that's only in the last year and a half. I think he that's had one or two early in his career. He had as well. one. Um, yeah. at okay. e- he had one at East as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. But uh, I I don't know because he remember he came into East in the grand final. I think. Oh, he he played a bit he off played, the bench, yeah. played but he played. Uh, he had some issue early in his career. I understand. Yeah, well. um, yeah Moses' best game of the year, but had the platform for it. You you've summed up what when Gutho and Marnie get that sort of can do what the get free range what they do, they do what they do. Um, I think in nearly every stat I saw today, sorry to cut you off, that Marnie is either first or second out of hookers for every single stat in the game. Mm. I think most of them is first. So, yeah. Oh, he'll be in the, he's another one being in the Queensland squad. 
And he's um, probably one of the better ones with the kicking game as well. Um, mm. Noticed him, clever shot noticed him kick um, and long as well. He got ahead of forty twenty last week. Kicked forty twenty yeah. of the week. Um, he does drill it down into the corners. If he if he notices they're on the back foot, he'll just take an early kick and just roll it down into the into the corners, which you don't see a lot of hookers doing in the yep. competition at the moment. So. Very uh, clever player. Uh, everything you said is right about the forward back. It was RCG's best game um, as well. But, you know, as we've said, I think maybe that's a reflection. When there's so many players are having their best game of the year. Yeah, when your forwards are rolling. Uh, maybe yeah, you look across you know, the field. All the rest of them just keep jumping um, on the back and keep going. And, yeah. Uh, Papaihi owning Papaihi was a pretty good moment, <laughs> and, and for me, Papaihi's three points this week over the top of Papaihi. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yep, three Papaihi, and then take yep. your pick, Gutho Moses. Oh, I, I'd maybe even say a oh, sorry, Moses Mahani. And Mah- Mah- Mahani, yeah. So uh, three to Papaihi, two to Mahani. Moses. Going one Moses, yeah. I, I Moses feel hard done lame. by on Gutho, but well, Gutho's currently leading. Or Gutho. The, the tally, I think, so he can afford missing out one week. Marnie. <laughs> we can't be doing that. No, no. <laughs> Ollie, this is not a... See, this is where you get the trap. Yeah, oh, we'll give him one because of this. No. No, <laughs> but I'm saying that there were three players better than him this week, and I'm oh. I'm saying I'm sure he'll poll again next week and the next Marnie, 10 weeks. Marnie, 55 tackles, zero misses is a fair yeah, stat as well. Yeah, give Um... So Papai, uh, Papai, he three, Mahani two, and just for your charity, I'll give one to Gutha. No, give one to Moses. I thought give it was to Moses. Good. <laughs> it was his best game of the year. Easily, he's pretty good. yeah. All right, the two Sunday games. I was thankfully at uh, Rep Network Carnival, so I only got to listen to the first game. Yeah, uh, okay. Thirsty Marana Radio, which I'm actually quite enjoyed. Uh, I haven't done that for a while. I do like Thirsty's work, and um, but didn't say a lot of this. Uh, Warriors twenty, Dragons. 14. I'll be guided by you guys. Uh, I did see the last sort of 15 minutes where RTS looked to me the best player on the field, but I don't have much more to add. So, Barney, tell us some stats and give us your thoughts. RTS was the best player on yeah. the field for the 80 minutes. Yeah. But um, we had three tries apiece, one conversion out of three for the Dragons, and three out of three for the Warriors, uh, and a penalty goal to the Warriors. 84% completion, played 98% completion. 36 out of 43 sets to 40 out of 41 sets. Three line breaks to four. 26 tackle busts for the Dragons and 41 for the Warriors. Eight offloads each. One force dropout for the Dragons and two for the Warriors. No 40-20s. 393 tackles played 372. One ruck infringement played two. Five penalties conceded by the Dragons and three by the Warriors. Ten errors from the Dragons, which was a lot of their undoing, to be honest, and four errors for the Warriors. McCulloch made 50 tackles. Curran made 50 tackles. Ravalara with 166 metres. RTS with 249 metres. Rava missed five tackles. Bird missed four. Sullivan missed five. Cody with 104 supercoach points. RTS with 100. And Dufty with 78. I have to agree with the centre. RTS pretty much led the team around the park on this occasion. And without him, the Dragons possibly win that game. Both sides were very good. They probably would have done it easily without um, RTS, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he he was just in full control. I will say to any Warriors players, if for some reason you're listening, say, g'day to Mrs Ollie's mum. Apparently you're staying at the same resort as her at the moment, so a bit of a shout-out there. But, yeah, it was the RTS show well and truly. Um, 
And yeah, as I said, the Dragons were still decent. This isn't an all of a sudden, oh, well, the Dragons lost their first game in five weeks. Everyone who tipped them to win the spoon at the start of the year, all right. No, they were fairly tough. They were, and I think they'll bounce back and we'll still get that same consistent effort out of the Dragons. But kudos to RTS and the Warriors for getting the job done against a team I don't think many people thought they were going to beat heading into this game. Yeah, Barney, your thoughts? Yeah, every time I tip the Warriors, they lose, and every time I don't tip them, they win. Um, This was a tough watch for this game at times. Um, It was very much a grind for uh, big parts of this game. Dragons' errors clearly lost them all momentum uh, at very crucial times in this game. If it wasn't an error, it was a a stupid penalty, and, yeah, they, they sort of shot themselves in the foot. There was a game here to be won, and they sort of gave it away at different times. Harris and Nikarima were very good for the Warriors. RTS was brilliant. Um, he's been their best player pretty much every game that they've played this season, and long may it continue. Um, I actually think I'm going to say, I don't know, six games in, this at this same stage is the best year RTS has ever had, I think. I know we had that massive year two years back. It was pretty quiet last year, but, jeez, he's playing good footy. Well, I... One of my podcasts a few weeks ago, we were talking about fullbacks, and this Isn't might be amazing a, the quality of fullback. Yeah, if you don't now have, well, that's the thing. It might be a bit of a hot take, but since RTS has actually moved to fullback, there's always someone who, at least in my opinion, has had a better season than him. Now, a bit controversial con- considering in 2018 he won the Dalian Medal, yeah. but I always feel like there's been someone just in front of him, and unfortunately, again. Teddy and Pavanaus and so yeah it's just one of those players who unfortunately is playing in an era of just amazing fullbacks because you know the you put him in the 2000s he's probably at least the best player in the game for a a couple of seasons there I'd say Um, but yeah for a more traditional fullback too yeah Josh Curran and Jazz Tavanga mm. were strong efforts. Josh Curran would be a, a POD and super coach if anyone's looking at low, he's cheap too, isn't low 200s. Yeah. Yeah. Where did um, he come from? Josh Curran. I think he's just been through the war. I think he's just through the war. Was he? Oh, no, East, Joe maybe. Cowboy? Might have been East. Or was it the Dragon? For some reason, the Dragons pop into oh, mad. I don't know. Google will tell me. We'll have a look. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, I just I popped up and I, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Norman was the Dragons' best by. Um, quite a fair space I thought um, oh actually McCulloch was close behind him but 50 tackles um, McCulloch again yeah, raised the bat Norman was yeah Norman was ultra impressive uh, he's getting them around the park especially without a, uh, without a, a sidekick doing much for him mm. um, Maguire's debut was solid for the Dragons, he was um, pretty strong. Burden, Lomax and Ravalawa were okay in the back line, but as I said, the, the momentum just stopped and started for the Dragons all night. It was very similar for the Warriors too, but they just seemed to have that... They had RTS. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that was that pretty extra, much it. That extra touch of class, and um, he finished a couple of nice plays and set up a couple of nice plays, so... Yeah, Vaughan, Vaughan and um, Alvaro were okay, but yeah, there was no sort of super standouts apart from RTS. This would be, um, I think it's a similar case. If, as you said earlier, you, you play this game ten times, probably close to five all. and Yep. And it, otherwise, RTS is man of the match in the, the extra in six two. six of them, yeah. yeah. Um, three to RTS, two to Nicarima, one to Curran, or one to Harris, you reckon? Uh, but on Harris or McCulloch, I think. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say McCulloch because okay. RTS had that dominant a performance for the Warriors. It's hard to, to figure out the Harris other Warriors left. players who'd sort yeah. of fit in there, honestly, yeah. 
That's fine. Um, yeah, RTS. Uh, and we wrap up the game with a, a less than inspiring outing between the bottom two teams, which are no longer the bottom two teams because now Cowboys are into the 13th or something. I'm very Dogs sad. Dogs are still last, aren't they? Dogs are still sad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and last, sorry. Um, and, yeah, they lost 18 to the Cowboys, 30, Barney. Yeah, so five tries played three, five out of five conversions and three out of three for the Dogs. 73% completion for the Cowboys, 81 for the Dogs. They complete pretty high, mate. Games and yeah, still can't get it done. 35 out of 48 sets and 35 out of 43 sets. Four line breaks to two. 26 tackle bus played 24. Three offloads for the Cowboys and 16 for the Bulldogs. Two force dropouts for the Cowboys. 0 40 20s. 366 tackles played 346. Seven ruck infringements played three. One penalty conceded by the Cowboys, eight by the Bulldogs. Fifteen errors by the Cowboys played eight from the Bulldogs. And we had a send-off. Such <laughs> mm. so a good old-fashioned coat hanger, clothesline, whatever you want to call it. Wright with 45 tackles, Thompson with 37, Holmes with 219 metres, and Dallin with 236 metres. Mm. Condon missed four tackles, Holmes missed two and made two, Allen missed three. Holmes with 95 points, Renault for Tony with 90 Supercoach points and done with 82. It's another game that was a pretty tough watch. Um, Sunday was it was pretty pretty <laughs> tough to watch both these games on Sunday, to be honest. I did watch every minute of them, but <laughs> I was gritting my teeth through a fair part, fair part of it. This game felt like it went for an hour and 20 minutes. But, um, it's 80 minutes, isn't it? I mean, sorry. I, <laughs> Two hours and 20 minutes. I mean, 100 minutes. Fucking hell. This is how what this game's done now. Um and the irony is, with a bit of luck there, even with 12 men, yeah. Bulldogs probably should have won this game. Had the w- chance. Towards they sh- the end. No, I should say they cost themselves from winning this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had the momentum and they had them, they had them stripped. Kyle felt just fell apart. Like he, well, two two errors, four handling errors, got stripped once and gave a penalty yeah. away. And mm-hmm. just um, after promising, starting the way he did, he just sort of capitulated at the back end. Um, <laughs> I actually don't know who else to rap in this game. Cal Holmes was okay. Um, I thought, I'm just trying to get through. Um, there was some good stuff from Condon, good stuff from obviously the last try from Burr. Um, DWZ tried hard. Will Hopway doesn't get any ball. He needs to get his hand on some ball and he just doesn't get any. Um, I don't know, but it, like, it's, yeah, they need to do something with that back line. They need to get him involved. Um, yeah. Hetherington put a pumpkin on and got sent off, and uh, Luke Thompson was probably, you know, was good again. What else, what else do you say? Yeah, he was fairly good. Um, yeah. The Cowboys' pack and their bench was heaps better than it has been this season, um, and they actually put it to the Dogs for that first 50 minutes, and they were on top for a fair bit. Uh, the Dogs' starting pack were pretty good, but their bench, yeah, the bench let them down uh, quite badly. Avrilo was decent without being a superstar. Kotrick and Allen, they're, they're not worth what they're getting paid at the moment. <laughs> that's they, it. They're, they're lucky they came out of gun teams at the right time and they're there. They, might not, they might not be... By the time they get the... Re, the when you throw in Adokar probably at one next year, hmm. uh, Burton going to six, so they won't have a relay somewhere, I guess. One of those blokes might not be in a team next year. And they year. are getting early ball and at times the dogs at forward pack's doing enough to give them a bit of time and space, but they're just they're hit up merchants at the moment. Yeah. That's not what you want from your centers. Um Yeah. DWZ 
brilliant. He was really good from the back. He had some really strong carries, and I thought he was probably one of the best for the Bulldogs. He's um, been pretty good this year when he's been on the field. When yeah, Tony and Thompson were the best out of the uh, the forward pack for the Bulldogs, but there's not a lot. Not a lot you can get excited about, to be honest. Anything else you want to add here, Ollie, or should we... Well, I'll just say something about the game. You guys might have hated watching it, but I actually loved watching it because I watched it with Mrs Ollie's dad, who is an avid Bulldogs fan, but he knows when his team's playing crap. So for pretty much the whole... But but he's he's not one of those egotistical (laughs) fans because every time the ball turned over and the Bulldogs got the ball, he was like, well, this is great, but we'll find a way to stuff it up. And surely enough, I mean... They always manage to find a way to stuff it up, and we were we were cacking ourselves by the end of the game at just how bad bad it was. Um, it's been the, st- but the yeah. story of their year, realistically. The but dogs. the thing is, yeah, they were a better team last year. Well, the thing, as a team, th- this was their better best game of the year so far. I'd say against yeah, the Cowboys, and it wasn't points. it w- wasn't that good. Like, <laughs> I think they're actually better. Uh, actually, no, yeah, this probably was their best game that they've played this year. Um, what, what do you say about them? They, they need some. They need oh, some mongrel in that pack. Not ripping heads off. Obviously, mongrel, Matt Burton will help any team, but they're they a long way from being. Space. That's right. They're a long way from being off the bottom of the table next year. <laughs> they yeah. need some. They need some workers and a bit of X factor in that pack. Tony's been quite good for uh, big parts of the year. Like he's probably been their best forward. And Luke Thompson's coming in to add something, but yeah, there's they not need. A so, lot and the thing else. is, they're not even big. <laughs> so it's all right. Like there's not even like they have a, a big bopper. Like a well, they got Napa there, but he's he's, he's basically walking. He's uh, Ogden offers little. Like he looks like he should. <laughs> I think he's been dropped this week. Um, yeah, like they're they're not mobile and they're not big, so they're guess, they're just bodies. Apart from Luke Thompson, someone who could fix that and get to possibly that Thompson level. It's not going to change. They're not going to win games, but be interesting to see see Manafanaya who's coming. Yeah, for and his Matt Dury back, who I yeah. thought was good last year. So there's a couple of fresh faces, but, the but they're not going to fairly good as I mentioned. Uh, and um, like Adam Elliott's just that bit too small. Like he's very good, but he by himself, and he'd be great. In a good forward pack, yeah. like he'd be put him in the Parramatta team, he'd be every bit as good as Sean. Yeah, Lane. But if you put uh, Varillo and um, yeah, I know, I know, it's all and Flanagan in behind that para pack, they're probably still going to lose more games than they're going to win. I'd agree with that too. So, <laughs> yep. Help three two one oh, three <laughs> uh, three to Heverington because once he went off the Bulldogs actually looked alright. <laughs> no three to DWZ. I'll say two to Val and. Yeah, that's know. pretty fish. Yeah, and, um, give one to Dunn. He I was, was going to say Dunn or, or um, Condon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dunn or a Tony. Okay, now go Dunn. They won to so give one to Dunn. Okay, so three DWZ, two to Val Holmes, one two. Uh, who have you just said? That? We've got three Dunn to the losing team. Beautiful. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't mind if it's fair. All right, do you have a pain out of the week, Oliver? I do have a peanut of the week, and it's going back to a, a classic trope that, to be honest, I think we're all quite very tired of, but I, I had a look through, and I put up a post earlier in the week about the possibility of TJ Paranara coming to the Roosters next month, which, yep. based off of um, what Brandon Smith was saying on the Matty John show, looks very likely, um, and someone just commented... Uh, if it fits the sombrero, why not? Simple, yep. Ha, 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 ha. Can we... <laughs> either find a way to reinvigorate this roosters are supposedly over-the-cap joke or just stop because, honestly, it, I don't laugh, I don't find any joy in them anymore. 
Yep. Yeah. So, yep. Peanut. Boring. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's do our pot plants. I, I'll kick off because uh, just by default, it wasn't a massive week for pot plants. Uh, I'll give I one to Drew Hutchinson. struggle a little bit to find one. Yep. Me, Drew Hutchinson. Barney? No, oh, mine's a, um, Ash Taylor. The bloke had five runs for 27 metres. She's a good one. He had a line break assist, but he missed five tackles out of 19. And he Sounds had, like we're back at the gums. He had one kick, <laughs> and it made zero fucking metres. <laughs> <laughs> he kicked it into the bloke's legs, and they ran down the other end of the field. <laughs> he, he was dead set dog shit. Mm, dead set dog shit. That's up there with pure. That's when we get our, shirt, we get our shirts made up. Uh, of one pure filth and one dead set dog shit. Um, Ollie? I'll uh, go with the Titans team as a whole. No, fair <laughs> enough. Might as well. Fair enough. Tommy Turbo might as might as well have been going up against pot plants. Do you want to keep going there? with your salute and slap? Sure. So I'll go my slap first because I've, I've got to reaffirm my salute, but my slap, my slap is Jared Croker. Okay. Well, okay. You did say he needs to move to the wing. Well, he played most of the game on the wing against Penrith and was just crap. Like, even in attack these days, like, he's always been a defensive liability. But this year, like, he, he provides nothing and he's becoming a bit of a, a mistake machine. So, honestly, I'm going to be a bit more bit more firm than you, Daggy. I'm not going to say wing. I'm getting him out of the side. Okay. Like, yeah. honestly, Chris and Scott, that's who you go with for the rest of the year. It's obviously going to be hard because he's a bit of a club legend, co-captain still, I believe. Um but yeah, and I know Raiders fans love him, and they won't want to see him out of the side. But he's not. I didn't get you not, so far, though. Yeah, I know, but nostalgia. He's played three, three games now this year, and all three he's not been. He's been terrible, like just god awful. Yeah. Maybe a spell in reserve grade will help him out, but yeah. Fun. And yeah, since that shoulder injury is even worse in defence yeah. than he was beforehand. Um, who are we slapping? I'm slashing, slapping Josh Hannay. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's one of my pet peeves. When you've got two blokes on the bench and in between the two of them, they play 10 fucking minutes. Like, it's a game where we, again, we were, we were running out of legs and you put Magulius on for 10 minutes and then Trindle doesn't get a minute. Like, yeah. how's that helping the fucking team? Yeah. It's not. It's not doing anything for your side. If anything, it's disadvantaging your side. Like, it's just stupid and I hate it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Dead set dog shit. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and your sla- salute. You got a slap? I have a slap. Uh, and I give you this slap with, with right. love. No, no, okay. save it. You give plenty uh, of slaps with love. <laughs> I'm just going to slap some sense on the trail. Like, you don't need that in your yeah, game. Yeah. Get it out of it. It's a love heart shaped slap. Yes. It's a love slap. Um, yeah, but uh, get that shit out of your game. Have your time off. Come back and be better. Uh, and while I've got the floor, I'll just give my salute to the wizard. I thought he was absolutely yep. outstanding. Um, looked like the best hooker in the game. Probably is the best hooker in the game. And even though uh, he's not playing for us, I'll still have a soft spot for him. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love him forever. Mm. Uh. Until Simpkin <laughs> takes his spot. Well, he, love. He, uh, we didn't really talk about Jake Simpkin, but he... Uh, very good defensively. He was outstanding. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, my salute's going to the returning injured number ones, the pair of them. Mm-hmm. Ponga and Turbo, they were absolutely outstanding for their teams. They were the difference um, in both of those games. And, the, yeah, they, they returned from injury and were bolting out of the gate. So. I say this with love. I'm sick of hearing of Tom Trevojevic after this weekend, <laughs> honestly. I don't know. Just just sick of hearing of him. 
All right, Ollie, let's uh, get some plugs in. So you've uh, oh, taken over. Uh, oh, you've you I've got to do my salute. I'm going to stick with the Canberra theme. Yeah. Um, and also stick with the, the fullback theme. I'm going to go with Caleb Bacon's. Yeah, um, nice. I like just really yeah, good. good. And when he first came into that Penrith side in 2019, when Edwards was dropped, the only reason he went back to reserve grade is because he was outside of Penrith's top 30 and they couldn't play him yes. anymore. But he was playing some decent footy yes. and <laughs> might be a bit of a bold well, like prediction, said, but if was, he was in that top 30, he would have stayed. He was on the possibly, totem yeah. higher than Dane Laurie. Yeah. In the Penrith hierarchy. So, so yeah, uh, good things happy, hopefully for him at Canberra. Yeah, happy to see him there. And you know what? His effort was amazing. I wouldn't be surprised. And he's quick. They're, they're like, by the, uh, by the time he's fit again, Clockstar might have a bit of trouble getting back into that team. He, I know he's a quality could fullback. could be a slot for one Jay Croker. He could go out in the centres. Exactly. <laughs> oh, stop. So, yeah, no, no very good. going out to take his spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I agree with that. I, li- I like that one. Um, yeah, that yeah. is good. And he's a little bit more explosive than CNK, actually. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. a bit of extra toe. Yeah. We'll put it this way. Yeah. In terms of stability, you probably go with CNK, a bit more stable back there, quiet and things. But I guess that that little bit of X factor or something. But in attack, I think he, he seems to position himself a little bit better in attack than what Clockstad yes, does. Yes, just he's, he's uh, a bit closer through the middle and a bit... Just bobs up a bit more, it feels like. But, you know, first, first run game. in. Yeah, right. uh, we'll see more of him this week. Uh, Ollie, you've taken over our social media and you've got Instagram up and going. Yep. Tell us where to find everything to give us some feedback and follow some of your fine work there. Yeah, so head over to Literally Footy and Froffies on Instagram. Luckily, no one's stolen that name over yeah. there yet, so we didn't need to put in any underscores or dots or anything, just straight Footy and Froffies. And nice. um, it's really good for sharing the podcast straight from Spotify and Instagram. Have a deal, I think, and you can share straight to your Instagram story and literally by a click of a button, you find yourself at the podcast. So I'm looking to really get the podcast going through the Instagram story. So any of you guys out there who are listening haven't followed the Instagram yet, please head over and follow and obviously all the the stupid content I put up during the week because I've got nothing better to do. <laughs> Very good. I've enjoyed your work. Yes, and uh, that's wrapping up our review show. Uh, the preview show will be following. So if you are following on said Instagram and Spotify feeds, it should be just a click below or above. So yep. stick around and we'll have a look towards round seven and a bit of Supercoach chat. Speak to everyone in a sec.